passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, show me my pony. Top spot, I want it. My grind, I'm on it. Can't stop, keep going. Door, wanna know me, can't call me. I remember feeling lonely. I remember when they told me I would never get the trophy. Show me my pony. Top spot, I want it. My grind, I'm on it. Can't stop, keep going. Wanna know me, can't call me. I remember feeling hungry. Now I'm coming for the trophy. Clear. Cause this is my boy. You're listening to Door Bumper Clear, presented by OfferPad, and I am Freddie Kraft. After the regular season finale at Daytona, we're here to cover the wild finish, Bubba Wallace's comments about working with teammates, Tyler Reddick earning the last playoff spot, and the car number being moved forward in 2022. Let's roll. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, inspired of the... Two cup car this weekend, and uh, on, ironically, he's not 30 minutes late like he was for the plane. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brett Griffin, spotter for College Racing, coming off of three wins in a row. I, what's up, Freddie Kraft, <laughs> spotter for Bubba Wallace. I did not do Jeb Burton this week. The old Brett did. Uh, Want to do it with Talladega? Why? <laughs> How'd you miss the plane? Or not? Missing, I didn't miss the plane. You were pretty late. I was I getting so many text messages. Hey, what can you bring you up doing? to Brad on the show how late he was for the plane? So a, a couple <laughs> things. I couldn't wait. A couple things saved me. Uh, number one, I wasn't late. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody else was early. <laughs> because if you read the red in writing, and I'll let Freddie read the red writing so that I'm not making this up, um, I get a phone call from Ann Meyer, who is uh, one of the <laughs> flight attendants, and it's eight oh two. Okay. She says, hey, Brett, are you on my plane? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm on. I don't know what plane I'm on. I'm on N43. It leaves at 845. She said, N43 left 15 minutes ago. And I was like, well, that would be 745. She goes, you're on my plane, and it leaves at 8 o'clock. And I said, well, it's 802, and I'm clearly not <laughs> at the airport. Where are you at? And I was like, I'm at Bojangles. I'm about to get me a spicy chicken biscuit. <laughs> of course you are. And she's like, Starts freaking out on me. And I've known Ann forever. Yeah. Right? She goes, well, Austin Cindric is not here yet. He's hung behind school buses. And I'm like, big name. That's good. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> and I said, well, um, I text Amanda Leach last night, who works at college, and just confirmed that we were on this 845 plane. Well, that's funny because she's the third one not here. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and get out of this Bojangles line. And I'm going to head to the airport. Damn and if it. you leave me, at least text me and let me know you've left me so I can figure something else out. I'm pulling a Freddy. I'm not freaking out. I don't even care. I'm like, it's a seven-hour seven drive. If I have to drive, I'll drive. And if they have another plane going later, I'll get on another plane going later. I really don't give a shit if y'all leave me is where I was at at that point in my <laughs> life. 
let me call Jonathan and I'll call you back. She's all high stressed, right? And I'm really not. And typically I would be because my personality is, you know, kind of high strung, right? Really? So she calls me back. <laughs> and see that she, man, I'm telling you, sugar would have melted in her mouth. Brett, it's fine, honey. Take your time. I don't know what Jonathan said to this lady, but it calmed her. Or maybe she just went he to said, the, He said, wait for Austin Cindric. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So I was on the elevator this weekend, ironically, TJ, with Austin Cindric, who was going up to watch the uh, Xfinity race. I'm sorry, the cup race. And listen, not, I mean, he could have watched a lot yeah, of the Xfinity yeah. race. But. He actually could have watched the entire Xfinity race up there with us, too. So he was going up to watch the cup race and listen to his spotter for next year and, and obviously evaluate how he spots. And the door closes, and I look at him, and I go, hey, man, thanks for being late to get in the plane. He goes, no, thank you for being late to the plane, because I'm the that was the last one on the plane. Of course. So if you were the last one, it's got to be your fault. Yeah. But, Freddie, what did the text say? What did the message say? The message at 845? <laughs> it said be there Friday at 845. I right? would but just that like doesn't to- make – that still makes you late. I was 30 minutes early for my flight. But it still makes you late because you were the last one there. I wasn't late. The only way you're not late is if you own the plane because you're never late for your own. I was on the wrong plane. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I would also like to call out how many people Brett just called out in this five minutes of starting the show. (laughs) I mean, those are all really nice people, and you just called them out for making a mistake. I love everybody. And Mm. I'm, I'm just glad Austin Center was late. Thank goodness. I'm All just right. disappointed. He recognized that he was late. I was in Bojangles trying to get a biscuit. Daytona. I, anyways, <laughs> the playoffs are officially here, and I would like to congratulate Freddie for making it through that last wreck by some miracle and getting a it third, was, no, second place finish. Yeah, it was expert spotting on my part. Mm-hmm. I Good just, job. I yeah. said, uh, Except for they're wrecking, four. do not lift. and <laughs> That was it. He popped out the other side. I said, "Good job, you're third. Freddie never really gets mad at me. Despite I got me, mad at you. Despite yeah. me, we're, we're going to talk about it later. Oh, oh, okay, all right. I don't want to bring it up because then, then you'll get mad at me twice. I don't want to get mad at you again. <laughs> you know what? When I was leaving the roof, I looked over in turn four, and I could swear Casey had been there because there was stuff everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever just tagged me this morning from some sort of racetrack in Belgium, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, I saw that. I. I'm just traveling all over the world. Hopefully, world traveler. Yeah, I I would love some sponsorship to actually go to these places because it seems like well, fun. Well, you got a rich husband. Just show some some consideration. That's all. That's all we need out of you. Consideration. <laughs> Look who's talking. Oh, Anyways, yeah. So we survived about six wrecks and somehow finished second. It was like the worst. I told. I got home. I, I took off third place, and Megan's like, "Good job, babe." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Must win race. We finished third. Great. And uh, I landed and saw the pusher got disqualified, and I said, great, must-win race. I said, the only thing worse than finishing third in a must-win race <laughs> is finishing second in a must-win race. So, I mean, obviously a good result for us. But yeah, I was going to say, we wanted- were, where were you when you entered the backstretch on the last lap? Eh, we were in the top ten somewhere. Ninth, you almost maybe 10, James Busher like that. that thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I, that was my thought process going into that wreck yeah. is, like, just send it, like – Hopefully they all come, don't come out the other side. It's you know, like, before, yeah, it's happened before. So, uh, yeah, but Bubba did a good job all night. We'll we'll get to some some race tactics later. But uh, how'd you make out, TJ? Uh, which wreck? <laughs> which time? Uh, TJ was in probably the best mood I've ever seen him in at a plate race. Like I walked down there and he's just in this little happy-go-lucky mood. I'm like, well, who the <laughs> f- is this guy? <laughs> 
my own little <laughs> bubble. He's down running there. around all stressed out, and nah, I'm not you know. stressed out. I, I don't know, man. It was. I mean, it was, relaxing. He's in the playoffs. It's like rain at a racetrack, racing at a play race. If it rains, it rains. You can't change it. I mean, if you get wrecked, you get wrecked. I mean, his guy ran over him from 34 car lengths back into a wreck. And, um, it was actually a, a two and a half miles. <laughs> <laughs> if we replay the audio versus the time of the crash, it was two and a half miles. <laughs> we were almost – we like Brad saw it and I saw it, and we were like – we could have stopped before anybody in the race. Like we would have stopped before, you know, not hit anything. Here come these missiles from <laughs> out back. Missiles incoming. <laughs> missiles incoming, and we get hit in the door. But I think there was contact with between those two cars beforehand that shot one car into our door there, and it's like, okay, we're good. Oh my, really? <laughs> yeah, I got Alfredo in one of those wrecks. What do you um? What do you think about that package? Like, what? You, I mean, obviously, we're gonna have a supposedly have a different car at Daytona when we go back. But how do you think that package was from an entertainment perspective? Fine, entertainment-wise. Could get runs. To me, I would like to see it a little bit further because there's still we still have that real bad shoving and stuff. Like, real bad. Like, you can get there and um, I, I would like to see it go just a little bit further to where it's still, it's still like, me and you could come off turn two and get a gigantic run before turn three. And that's where we have the Rex. We're going to keep having Rex in turn three at this package at, at Talladega and Daytona because guys are going to run it over run. them. And it's not even the front two guys, Daytona 500, the front two guys, Rex, but they're not really the ones that started it. And the same type of deal happened with um, the four and Kurt, or, uh, 99 and Kurt, right? 99 changed lanes to go down. Kurt's trying to follow him, swiped his bumper, and turns him into the next car. And then we got a big wreck in the, in the three again. It's because they're all on top of each other. Like, you, you go back, and I'm not saying it needs to go back to, like, where when they replayed Dale Jr.'s race there, that was super hard to get, you know, runs and stuff. I mean, it, but it was awesome to watch. Them cars were bouncing around, getting – I mean, it was fun to watch, but they're still all over each other in my Was that the year we went to and had that house down there in Ponce Inland or whatever we were when he won that race? Uh, I, was, I, I came – I went was, the, there's been three or four times I've done yeah, that. Yeah, but wasn't that the year we went like from Sonoma straight to Daytona or something? You might have that year. The year next year we went down, like we raced and went down like on Wednesday or something and yeah. spent like a complete week of, because yeah. we had that off weekend. Yeah. And it was the best weekend in summer. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. You never got to experience it, did you? No, thank God. Oh, gosh. It was so awesome down there. <laughs> Houses. That li- we talked about fun. that limo I've, driver. That baseball win is one of the biggest wins in NASCAR history, though. Baseball Absolutely. car win. Yeah. yeah. I the felt- side of the car's right behind you. Yeah. Behind Casey. Casey. That's it. I, f- I felt like it was definitely similar, but it was a little. I thought it was a little bit harder to get create the run. Like, you still at least had to be smart enough to back up to the guy behind you. You know, like a lot of times, like I felt like the last package, like the run would develop from four or five rows back and then get on the guy's bumper and just shove him out. I noticed guys were able to get out pretty far still at some points. The leader could get out there too far at times. But just to me, the runs, you could still, they're still just all over each other. There is right. no, there. like I thought there'd be a little more of a bubble than what there was, and there wasn't. Like What was amazing is the ability to save the cars sideways getting run over from behind there were a lot of big saves i I actually saw some guys hit down the back stretch and i was like i was getting ready to call wreck because i saw how hard they were hitting each other i screwed up yes i screwed up late in the race the the 17 was that when you let them drive around the outside of you yeah yeah 
The 17 uh, was bring that up. Uh, yeah. on the bottom, leading the bottom lane, and he was pretty aggressive. And I, I forget who was behind him, but they got together and kind of had the 17 jack completely sideways, I thought, yeah, in three and four. And he was going back to the middle, so I called to go to you know get to the bottom, get to the bottom because yeah. I thought he was going to stack the middle lane up. Yeah, and he never slowed down. Like the middle lane just took off again, and I was like, well, f- I just yeah. screwed that up, you know. But uh, the biggest thing I took away from it, and I, I don't know, the the lap times were were two seconds slower. Yeah, but they did, looked did anybody slow. notice? I mean, I know we in the beginning. In the beginning, I thought they looked slow, but after we started racing, you just. You didn't notice a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was we would run on, in the middle of a run last time. There was like last race. There was like forty five seconds. This this race, the the Coke race, um, was like forty five second lap times in the middle of the race. And this was a this was forty seven seconds this week. I could tell coming off of four coming at me early, but yeah. as the race went on, it wasn't even in my. You adjusted mind. to it. You never yeah. noticed it then. You yeah, I did the same thing. I yeah. mean, as a fan, they probably yeah and and the time of the race was 20 minutes the difference last you yeah. know this was a little bit longer but oh, we had two red flags yeah we had red flags last year too but but i i mean that's just all based on how bad the red flag is yeah. really 100 percent. so i'm just saying how like, many of them you get we talk about speed on here a lot but places like the, i mean obviously i think mile and a half should definitely show up a lot much more and we've seen ridiculously slow lap times from some of these tests with the with the next gen car have we uh yeah yes how slow uh, pretty slow. I mean, we're I, the the How video. Slow Bristol? The video I saw from Bristol last week. If you put a stopwatch to it, it's just under seventeen seconds. Wow, two and a half seconds slower than Ryan. Two Newman. Remember Newman. when Ryan Newman went around fourteen there? something? Yeah. Yes. I mean, we ran four. We were on low fourteen. I mean, we're I Laney run a fourteen twenty. And maybe we're unicorns. Maybe we're in a very small amount. I know we're special. But y'all are but, definitely but, unicorns. <laughs> but <laughs> like, maybe nobody cares about lap times but us because we're racers. But I, when I hear 1490 at Bristol, I'm like, whoo, get you some. Yeah. I hear a 17 second lap at Bristol, I'm like, hell, I could do that. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we remember whenever like Ryan Newman would break that. Like Atlanta, when he went out to qualify that one night at Atlanta and Charlotte, like, I mean, it was unreal. Yeah. So, and then around Bristol, it's. I know it, for, the first time somebody hit 14, you were like, whoa, yeah, wow. Yeah. Is he lifting? You know, <laughs> so definitely. Um, it's it's interesting you brought up that, the, you know, that wreck at the end there with the, the one and the 99, because I don't know if you caught this. You're, you know, you're probably paying attention sometimes a little more than Brett does. <laughs> I uh, pay attention a lot. But in my opinion, the 99 should have not still been in the race. Um, you know, this happened to me a few years ago at Indianapolis and we had that big red flag for the yeah. Reddick wreck and I watched the 99 roll all the way off a of four under red, under red through about half, he probably about half that short shoot through the pit road opening and all the way to his box under red. Yeah. And, and we were part that we did almost the exact same thing uh, got- and we got parked. You know, and that was the end yeah. of our race for moving under the red. And they were screaming at the time that the eight car <laughs> to stop moving. Yes. So as this did. is going on, he did. And then the 99 rolls to his box. I guess they fixed the car after the yellow comes back out. He goes back out there, and he's in contention to win a race that he should not have yeah. been in. Yeah. The <laughs> Is anybody talking about that? Or just I, us? I haven't heard about it yet. I, I reached out, and obviously with the day off, really, I'm sure nobody really wanted to work yesterday. So I don't know. Maybe there's a rule change. Maybe this is something they just missed, but – uh, we had, we miss. Yeah. They threw the red. We were coming out of turn four, and I was telling Brad to, to slow down. But there were, we were we weren't pitting, so I think Brad's thought process was just get out of the way of any safety stuff. And well, they threw the red. I was walking to the airport, 
So speaking Walking of airports. Anymore. So, so early early for your flight. You were early for that one? <laughs> it was early for my flight home. Uh, well, speaking good. of airports, i got to give a shout-out to these guys. Um, Jeb Burton, Justin Haley, Tyler Reddick. I'm on the airplane, and there may have been other drivers doing this too, but I'm on the airplane flying to Daytona, and those three guys – are wearing their masks. And we're not required to wear a mask on our airplane. We're obviously on a private plane. Uh, I think that speaks a lot to leadership. I think it speaks a lot to responsibility. We were kind of the first ones to come out and talk about drivers and being in public with this pandemic going on and the risk that you're taking. I think it speaks volumes to those guys that they're wearing masks, given, given they don't have to. And, and to just say, hey, I'm taking this serious for me. I'm taking this serious for my team. I want to be here for you guys. So shout out to them guys. I was impressed by that. It takes a lot to impress me. Where our masks are mandatory. I'm sure TJ's yeah, are too. They were. Um, yeah, but that's. I mean, that's. I mean, it's smart. That's what you got to do. How was uh, any experience with the COVID smelling dogs? Never saw one. I never saw one. I didn't go in the garage this week. I was faster than that dog thought I was. I I heard that they. I don't know who it was, but there was. I mean, we've heard that they're batting a thousand, right? Like yeah. they've they. So the process is this dog sniffs you out, and I don't know what it does. Most of the time, they either sit down when they when they catch something like a bomb sniffing dog or, or a drug sniffing dog will just sit there um but where they they've sniffed guys out and they've gone to the they go you get sniffed if the dog hits you for uh you know possible covid you go to the care center and take a test and it's either you know negative or positive how and, great is this and, I think this I is mean, great. and, the, and supposedly the dogs like, are batting a thousand like i love dogs and i think you know it's national dog day last week i just think that these dogs should should honestly be everywhere right now I mean, why not? It's preventing the spread. Like it's amazing. Yeah. There are people walking around with COVID that don't know they have it. There are people walking around with cold-like symptoms that don't know they have COVID. Um, I've had three negative tests because I couldn't get rid of this freaking cold I've had for the last month. Uh, but like, you don't know. And I mean, what a great way and safe way to protect people. I love it. It's impressive. Agreed. And one more call out. Of course, the regular season champion is Kyle Larson. I'm so sorry, Freddie. I know that was a tough one for your boss there. What a difference a year makes, right? Yes. I mean, Who a year would ago, have thought? A year ago, we TJ, all – TJ, you, you, you wouldn't have thought that, right? This, this, he, okay. he adapts uh, pretty quickly, TJ, to this I don't car. think it's out of the realm. Obviously, when you have – I don't. I didn't see the HMS cars being as strong as they ended up being to this year. I knew they would be strong, but, like, we haven't seen – that dominance was. it has been pretty big. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure we've seen – one company dominate like that in a season and you, you, i mean they're dominating look at denny and harvick last year how many wins did they have combined oh almost 16 17 yeah probably. that's half the season almost yeah they won half and they don't how many do they have this year oh uh, none exactly zero so, oh for 26 who would have guessed that how many does hendrick have oh i wouldn't even know to guess i mean everybody's I mean, won it's got to be double digits right or right at it or right, won. close to it so I never would have thought Denny would have no wins, Harvick would have no wins, and they would have double-digit wins or right in the ballpark of that. So, um, while we we I mean we talk about how good the Hendrick cars are, 168 points to Chase Elliott, 185 points to William Byron, 323 points to Alex Bowman. So you can talk about the car all you want, but. He's best in shot. He by a is. Lot. Oh, he's best by in, yeah. far. Top the best dog car there. there. Yeah, he's a top dog there. So we talk about a lot within the industry. Best in shop, right? That means that Kyle is the best at Hendrick. Best in class means best in your manufacturer. He's uh, he's both by a lot. Yeah, 100%. Oh, for sure. 100%. He's made up so many points on a guy like Denny, who Denny's had a 
fairly successful year, honestly. Um, yeah. it, like stat wise, it's no wins, but he's had a good year. Yeah. So, see your pick for the championship now that we're in the playoffs. Well, I don't know how you pick against him right now. I mean, he's, how many points has he scored in the last whatever? I mean, I tell you how you pick against him is you put Chase Elliott in in at Phoenix, and and we saw how dominant he was at Phoenix last year. That would be my only argument to say who do you pick that that can play with Larson? It's Chase Elliott. But he's his teammate. Yeah. He should be in that conversation. And he dominated, started in the back at Phoenix, drove to the front, dominated the race. He was like freaking seven-tenths faster than the field at one point. Like, that is insane. Yeah, you'd look down at your lap time and be like, oh, that looked like a good lap. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Clint, you did – well, you didn't do so yeah. good compared to that nine car, but yeah. you did so compared to when he was else. catching up, you cross the line, you ran a good lap compared to the people you were around. You're like, oh, good lap. And then, like, five seconds later, he'd cross the line and be like, oh, I'm not telling him that. <laughs> I don't hurt his feelings. I am not repeating that. <laughs> hey, before we move on, we, I have to tell a funny story from yesterday. We'll talk about. I uh, forgot about this. So we, so <laughs> you know, we went baseball. We went to baseball tournament yesterday. Brett's you, kid, you Bodie. And Brett. Yeah, uh, me, Brett, Chris Lambert, his son Cam, um, my <laughs> wife Megan, obviously. And I mean, this is Bodie's first time pitching. This is nine U baseball, so that this is the first time the kids are pitching. Bodie does unbelievable job pitching. I got to give a shout out to my buddy Max Major. I, I, he was my brother. He was, yeah, TJ's brother. Uh, <laughs> he was, he was. We told him he had a grunt, like get some more effort and grunt in the batting cage. And I told him I'm only going to give him a shout out if I could hear him from behind me in the batter's bo- in the batter's cage. So I heard him yesterday. So shout out to Max. But the best thing that happened yesterday was we're sitting on the third baseline. Bodie's team is at bat. Somebody, I don't remember who was up, they hit a slow-rolling ground ball down the third baseline. It's painting the line. It's pa- it's right on the line, and it looks to me like it's probably going to roll foul. It's trending foul. And Brett screams, pick it up, as it's in fair territory. And this little kid, nine years old, third baseman the other team, picks the ball up in fair territory. And the umpire's like, okay, fair ball. And the kid... Everybody gets on base, he and we're like, we're like, oh man, Britt, that was, you know, we were down five to one. <laughs> the kid goes back to third base and just gives Brett this death stare. Like, <laughs> I don't know if the kid thought it was one of his coaches yelling him to pick the ball up, but he picked it up, and he should definitely said, should I not totally have picked it, it up. under my breath. I was like, pick it under up. breath, uh-huh. you're like, pick it up, pick it up. You are like, I just see it now. You're gonna be one of those parents that. Pick it up. Like, <laughs> gonna be. He already yeah, is. Yeah, you're Are you gonna talking get about gonna be? an in game oh, that you go to. God, pick it up. Uh-huh. I saw yesterday, I saw yesterday just sitting next to him for Bodie's pitching performance, which was unbelievable. I think he had six strikeouts in four yeah. innings. Yeah. Uh, he did a really good job. One but, hit, allowed one hit. Yeah. And uh, how'd they get five runs if you only allowed one? No, hit? it was a different game. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the next game. <laughs> <laughs> He, but just watching the umpire call balls and strikes, and Brett's calling him the pitches as they leave his hand. He's like, "Got him!" Oh, oh, oh that was a ball. <laughs> like, I mean, but I can just see this is not going to go well. No. It's only the start of the season, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm from Payson, South Carolina. We look for any edge that we can get. If the nine-year-old is too damn dumb to know not to pick the ball up, even though he heard pick it up, I can't help it. Okay? Brett, he's I'm not. confessing right now. I told the kid to pick the fucking ball up. He is nine. Are you considering your, are you the edge they need? I mean. <laughs> 
You're, I'm so sorry for any I was, kid. When that, that kid looked over and just gave <laughs> Brett this death stare, I, guess, and I, w- I wouldn't look up. at the kid. I was like, he wouldn't look. He had like, his back turned. He wouldn't look at him. I was like, oh man, he's staring at you. Meanwhile, everybody around me is going, Brett, really? Like Brett, seriously? You know what I picture? You know that scene in Step Brothers or whatever where they get that, that they get him in the back alley. I can picture that whole. And they're gonna find some white uh, dog. <laughs> You're gonna eat it. The bad thing uh, is our coaches listen to this podcast, and now Freddie's painting me out in front of these guys. So they probably gonna awesome. they probably gonna give you money. I, by the way, that that happened at five to one. We ended the inning at five five. I think. Let's so. go. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Whatever it takes. Oh, clearly. Well, before we head into spot on, spot (laughs) off, let's hear a little bit more about our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Danny and Harrison, welcome to the OfferPad family. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited. You guys ready? You know we're ready. You know at OfferPad, we're fast, too. All online, cash offer in 24 hours. But we also like to make sure that each home selling experience feels special, easy, and different. You guys look awesome. OfferPad really is different. Yeah, awesome different. Home selling with OfferPad is awesome different. Request your free cash offer today at OfferPad.com. It's time to head back to the great state, my home state of South Carolina, to race at the Lady in Black Darlington this weekend. Our presenting sponsor, OfferPad, has some awesome different news, Freddie. Now OfferPad has added Columbia, South Carolina to its expanding footprint of markets around the country. If you live in the Columbia area and want to sell your home, do it with our friends at OfferPad. I love Columbia. Freddie, I know you love Columbia. We've got some awesome memories there together, at least half of us do. Log on to OfferPad.com right now to complete the quick and easy five-minute form to sell your home and move to where the ass-kicking chickens are. Go Cox! I sure do love Columbia, but within 24 hours, you will receive a cash offer and get ready for your move to or around the Columbia area. That's an awesome different way to sell a home. Experience a convenient and easy home selling experience today with OfferPad. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. spot off first topic Kyle Bush says just frustrating to come to these places and wonder if you're going to walk out of here after being involved in a crash with four to go Freddie I mean spot off listen it's yes it is a super frustrating form of racing because you work all night to put yourself in a position to win the race and then with four laps to go there's a wreck and we're all wiped out so I understand where he's coming from but that's the way it's been forever, and it's no news flash that racing is dangerous, especially at a place like Daytona, Talladega, where you're going, whatever, 180. I don't know how what our top speed was yesterday in this package. But, I mean, listen, NASCAR's done everything they can to make these cars as safe as possible, but it's still a dangerous sport, and this is still a dangerous form of racing. And if you don't, you don't have to take part in it. You can ride around last place all night long and finish 20th and go home and go to the next race. But this is the option you have. If you want to race, get out there and race. Don't, don't complain about it after the race is over. You don't have to do this. Um, if you're scared, go to church. A buddy of mine, Chris Matlock in Columbia, says that all the time. Um, you don't have to do this. You can ride around out there and do single car runs all night if you want. 
Um, you know, you won't, probably won't have a sponsor for this particular race. You know, did Kyle Busch have to go up there and be in the middle of the pack? No, he's locked in the playoff. He's good, right? So I get where they're coming from. Obviously, drivers are friends of ours. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, but shout out to all the men and women that build these safe cars, uh, safer tracks than what we used to have. And everybody walked away from a melee of a wreck. And, I mean, that's why NASCAR slowed, NASCAR slowed the cars down two miles an hour. Why do you think they did that, TJ? Safety. Yeah, going too fast. They're they're trying to make it safer. Um, The more we slow them down, in my opinion, the more we get on top of each other. And that's what TJ was talking about with the pushing and shoving, right? So I don't know if Kyle Busch has an idea of what we can do to fix this. I'm all for ears and listening. We can't just go out there and run wide open because we'd go 240 miles an hour, and then if we crash, we're going to end up at the damn Hooters across the street. Right, because these cars aren't going to stay on the ground. They'll be going too fast. So I don't know what y'all want NASCAR to do at these particular tracks other than not f***ing go. Spot on, spot off. I cringed at you this You want me moment. to answer on that one? Or? I was thinking TJ still had oh, to go. I know. Sorry. I, <laughs> Jesus. You were talking. Well, I didn't say an idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm spot off because, look, it's part of it. Uh, but like you said, I, I think we're going in the right direction. I, I like that we're going slower and it's not noticeable. Once we're racing, you can't tell. You, I promise you, if you were to still go down by the fence when that pack went by, you'd have been like, ooh, yeah, wow. Like, uh, it's a, unreal. But I'd still like to get them off each other just a little bit because to me, it's, to me it was still very little skill requirement to get a run when you wanted to. Um, very easy to do at points. I like the fact that we're a little slower, but I'd like to see a little more – a little more of a a bubble still, honestly. Just a little bit more. I don't want a lot more, but a little bit more. But I do like that we're going a little slower. I feel like we had cars hitting all dri- all different directions last night, and I don't think I saw one get in the air. Not not even begin to lift up a little bit. And down in a three is a pretty – that's a spot where it can happen, you know. So I think it's good that – I think people have got to be happy about that. I think Jeff Gluck asked the drivers or Logano or somebody in response to all the wrecking what they can do about it at these tracks. He's like, just run the road course. That seems like a terrible yeah. idea. Well, Freddie still gets in yeah, wreck there. I get wrecked there, too, so. You close the door. <laughs> well, it wasn't you, actually. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't you. <laughs> you, were just, you were I was just, an innocent victim. You were crossing the sidewalk <laughs> at the point of <laughs> the wreck. Spot on, spot off. Three of the four Rick Ware racing cars crashed together to bring out a caution before the Chevy and Toyotas made their green flag pit stops. Freddie. It's <laughs> your favorite group, man. Honestly, w- Brett, what are, spot on, spot off here. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not, are you surprised? Didn't want to cut many? a tire, though. I, so what I saw, just to break it down, uh, they're all running in a pack. And Garrett Smithley spins out. Whether he cut a tire or just lost it off a of four, it was right off a of four. No way you lose it going that slow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he lost it off a of four. The uh, Gase was behind him. Cody Ware was the last one. I don't think Cody Ware checked up as fast as Gase did. So to avoid Gase, he went to the outside. And when he did that, Gase moved up to avoid Garrett and stuffed him in a wall as Garrett went the other way. <laughs> this is kind of the dangers of running around your teammates. What? Who are the names in that wreck again? That was Garrett, Cody Ware, and <laughs> Joey Gase. Okay. And these guys have charters. Three of them. Four of them. Yeah. Uh, why Why do they always bring out wrecks at the worst times, these guys? 
It's I a, got, it's, it's, the I, hell are you hey, talking about? I got a lucky dog out of that. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you on that pit stop to lose the draft? We were – it just wouldn't go. Like, we're right on the floor leaving pit road. I'm like, okay, we're good. We get off of turn two, and they're just like, bah. See ya. Brad's like, if they don't fan out, we're going to lose it. I'm like, it's nothing. They're not going to fan out. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to fan out. So, so you lost they, it. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's, Briscoe I think it's well. unfortunate that cars uh, – and look, if Garrett cut a tire, there's nothing he could do there. Um, but it's just unfortunate that guys that are non-factors in the race, non-factors in this decade for that matter – are always part of the conversations of bringing out costs and changing the way the race ends. It just I don't mind. It's always been like that, though. We've always had – there's always been – It ain't always been this bad. I don't We're know, man. the slowest cars on the track constantly bringing Honestly, it was probably – Our boy Quinn Huff's been doing better. He hasn't been bringing them out as much. It's been probably – I don't know, man. Back in the day, we used to have guys just – it was guys wrecking, backing it in the wall. The, you know what I mean? Like The problem was, back in the day, these guys wouldn't be in the race. Well – I'm not. I mean, I, they wouldn't be fast enough to make the race. TJ, he's not lying. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm I'm agreeing, but for sure, yeah. But we still had a group of guys that you just knew were probably going to back it in at some point. You've got legitimate teams trying to show up, want to bring race cars, and they can't because these field fillers are are how, how much? I mean, if we qualified, how many seconds would they be off the pole? I just wonder why. Like, and I'm not saying three seconds. I'm not like if it were me. I would probably find like a David Reagan if he would do it or somebody like that. If it were me, I would call Hendrick Motorsports and say, hey, don't throw that car away. Can I please buy it? Because I don't want to be so slow <laughs> that it's embarrassing every week. I'd trade a charter for a they, car. So, <laughs> yin and yang here, they did get a top ten yesterday. Yeah. Correct. Josh Balicki. Yeah, he that did. That is their second one in their existence. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How but, many cars finished the race? Uh, not many. Um... But I did want to give a shout out because on the uh, to BJ McLeod because BJ McLeod had a good got run. a P nine out of that deal. Yep. And he, same thing. Like he, I, I, I don't know. I BJ McLeod is my favorite guy amongst this group of guys that are just kind of out there doing what they need to do, trying to make money, whatever. But BJ at least has the awareness to to put himself in the right spot on the racetracks and be out of the way and not race you to death for lucky uh, for when you're lapping them and stuff. But it's just good to see him. PJ's awesome dude, so it's good to see him get a top ten P nine. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't expect yeah, him home to go track out there. Look, they don't have the funding other teams have, but I don't expect him to go out there and be super competitive. But I also don't expect him to be in the way and wrecking at the end and, and just. I mean, it's just it's gotten ridiculous. We kind of had to be in the way a little bit when we got when that group caught us. We had. I mean, if you stay in the bottom, the whole entire group goes by you, and then. You're just further back, so we blended from the top and got help on the straightaway, and we ended up like fourth in line on the top or something. Just we didn't try to make any moves; we just kind of hung out there. That way, we could be. We were racing the 14 for the lucky dog, but you're not overly worried about it at that point because the first car is going to get the lucky dog. Next guy's going to take the pass. Yeah, and everyone had to pit in that group, so yep, it wasn't yep. like you were going to be in trouble. But, right, right. But I thought we played that right. Yeah, it's always always easier to blend from the top. We always, oh, talk, we always talk about it. Don't let it be good to your right rear. So you want to be the guy at their right rear so you can kind of get a little pull and blend And in. I never understood why when we run the bottom places in groups, why slower cars would stay on the bottom and both lanes would have to shift around it, It's that funny y'all say that because I had lost the draft and I was the first car that was pulling the, the guys that had lost the draft. And the, the pack got you know half straight away back from yeah. me. And I go to the top 
Well, they all drive by you. Half the cars go to the top with me. The other half stay on the bottom. So here come the leaders having to split us three wide because the other four people don't know and the other four spotters obviously didn't know that you want to blend from the top because your momentum is going to be greater and it's going to give you an easier chance to get the draft. You get the right side door. When you go to the bottom – they all just you they blow have, by you and they stall you. You don't have any offensive at all. You have you're on the other no. line and that's but, it. But as I moved them up, I watched four guys not move up with me, and I was like, "Are y'all lost? You yeah. shouldn't be out here." <laughs> Who were they? I don't remember. You lying? <laughs> Check them off. <laughs> no, I think Brett at would that call point, them out. I promise halfway. you, I don't remember what was going on. If, if they were somebody that lost a draft, Brett probably has no idea who they were or uh-huh. who their spotters were. Probably no idea. <laughs> I know one guy that lost a draft and was going to get back in, even if they were wrecking. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of Michael Walter. One time, I spot for him in the Bush series. He was driving the Band Aid brand car, probably around like two thousand or a great something. Great car. He goes, I just got passed by a guy, and I don't even know who the guy is. I don't even know who drives that fucking car. <laughs> Well, you're part-time, so you're not really expected to uh, know who's on the track anymore, huh? Austin Dillon's Dillon's team says the 17 is a weapon out there as Chris Buescher made multiple daring blocks up front and then finished second before getting disqualified. TJ, spot on, spot off. Uh, I mean, I don't particularly remember seeing him throw anything that was ridiculously crazy. Obviously... He didn't get turned or wrecked, so I don't know how. It's just how this racing is. If you want to get the lead and protect it, that's what you have to do. So I looked up there and saw numerous guys leading the race that were swapping lanes, and guys were checking up pretty hard when they got behind them. So I don't know if I can single out one guy. It's just product of this racing. Like, I promise you, if Austin gets the lead, he's going to be doing everything he can to hold the lead and put himself in the best position that he can. A guy might look like a weapon, but sometimes you got you have to be that way, and you can't be late on it. We, I mean, it, it can cause wrecks, and it has caused wrecks. But that's just this racing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, the seventeen is fighting for his season right there. This yeah. is not only a win at Daytona. This is the playoffs. Um, like you said, I didn't see anything egregious. I mean, I felt like he was aggressive, but everybody's aggressive at that point and it worked out for him because coming down the backstretch he's in contention to win the race uh you know austin ends up wrecked and the, the 17 comes yeah. out of there in second place if i'm austin i'll tell you the guy i'm mad at is ross chastain because as they come down the front stretch taking the white flag 17 3 and 42 are lined up on the bottom they stall out a little bit around the start finish line and instead of staying in line ross splits off three wide to the bottom and that effectively ended any chance for that lane to go yeah three down, wide you know, kills the lanes it it just kills them so i mean if you're gonna be mad at anybody be mad at the 42 i mean it's the heat of the moment austin Dillon is the first guy out of the playoffs um i don't think you can take seriously what these guys say a lot of times you know they got their helmet on they're hot they're frustrated as soon as they have to live for a big block one time they're mad it's natural i mean i don't it's natural and 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 look man um austin Dillon won a really big race by running over a guy uh, it's plate racing, man. I mean, you yeah, hate to I say don't... it, but but I mean, you're, you're I, what's most frustrating for spotters and and obviously drivers is your fate isn't always in your hands at these plate tracks. If somebody has a big run and you throw a block and they run over you, whose fault is it? I mean, right? So it's just it's a, it's a weird situation to be in, and yeah. and, and these guys are going to get frustrated, and that's what makes plate racing fun. It's what makes it exciting. Half the drivers out there, I hate to say this, guys, they don't want to be out there, but they have yeah. to be to do their jobs. 
Um, I mean, I was flying in, you know, multiple times in my career with drivers, and they, they'll look out the window and go, oh, boy, this place. Like, I mean, it's, it's tough on them. I mean, I've been with drivers on race day mornings at Talladega. They're in a completely different mood than they're in at Darlington, you know, before the race because it's stressful. I mean, they're going to go out there. Stressful for everybody, run, man. Run 200 miles an hour around a bunch of guys that are all driving like maniacs. I think the only guys that it's not stressful on is probably the pit crew guys because we're – doesn't really matter where you come off pit road there because it's going to be completely different 300 yeah. yards after you go green. I, I think, you know, the young guys don't know how crazy it is and the guys that have been doing it 20 years. I mean, I, I'll give you a prime example. Ryan Newman, how many times did you see him in the pack the other night? Rarely. I mean, how many times did you see Clint Boyer in the pack the last two years of his career? Right when you get to that point, you're like, exactly what we talked about earlier. It. I don't want to be in there. I don't have to be in there. I'm going to tell you who I was surprised to see in there was Harvick. I'm going to wait till the end of the race, and I'm going to go in there and try to get me some right. And 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 that's because they're over it. You know, I mean, I've had drivers come to me and say, "I knew it was time to retire." When I was sitting there under red flag at Talladega, wondering why the hell am I doing this? These places are dangerous. Yeah. They're scary. And the problem that the drivers have is their fate isn't in their hands. It's in the other people's hands. It's it's watching the 99 and the 1 go up through there, coming to the white flag, checker flag, driving like maniacs. Next thing you know, 30 cars are wrecked and guys are flying through the air, going right, hitting the walls. And you sitting there and you're running seventh and you didn't do anything wrong. And next thing you know, bam, you're in an ambulance. That's yeah. why they hate it. Yeah, or like earlier this year, um, Talladega. We're just minding our own business in the top lane. Next thing you know, we're upside down. You know, flipping into three. On my hood. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Busch <laughs> gets wrecked. He shoots to the inside wall. He bounces off the inside wall. And several seconds later, after the wreck started, not after he bounced off the wall, bam, he gets nailed in the door. We are going to have these wrecks with these runs in the mat, like at the end it's of these races. It's too much like, going on for anybody to be able to absorb it all and not have this happen. It's just too much. I just don't understand why um, – you know, you look at the Xfinity race, and man, that honestly, those guys have had some pretty good finishes here, uh, and not had two. I don't remember the Xfinity cars because they no. can't lock bumpers. I guess I, I can't tell you how many times Elliot and I flew into there, and he would say, "Brett, we're really good at this together," but I hate it. Yeah, but if I'm watching the yeah. race, you'd have no idea Elliot Sadler hated doing that. But if we brought him on this show right now and said, "Elliot, later in your career, mm-hmm. how much did you love plate racing?" He's going to be like, "I hated it." But when you watch the race, I'm watching the race the other night, and I'm like, Joy Logano looks like he loves this. Chase mm-hmm. Elliott looks like he loves this. There are guys who look like they love it, but deep down inside, I got to wonder if they really love it because it's dangerous. Yeah. This is what makes these guys special. This is what makes these guys do things that are death defying that most people wouldn't do. I wouldn't do it. Back just for a minute, back to the 17. Maybe he was blocking and aggressive like that because he knew you know, he maybe it was his illegal track bar that was forcing him to be so aggressive. <laughs> hey, we got uh, – did you see the news, Do we ever Jason? find out if they check the track bar before the race? Uh, so what uh, if I told you that the track bar was legal before the race and illegal after the race? How is that possible? Smart people. Smart <laughs> engineers and people working on these race cars that get the track bar – to drag the ground during the race so it'll lower the back of the car off, lower the back of the car, and get which down makes you low, go faster. Which makes you go faster because it gets a spoiler out of the air. Uh, and I believe there's some tolerances. So this is designed, I think, a lot of teams do it, and NASCAR's aware of it. So there's tolerances in place for 
wear or damage or whatnot. And, you know, the people I saw Twitter blow up asking us, how is it possible? that Why didn't they look at this pre-race? Well, they did, and it was legal then. And then after the race, there's a picture I saw of Bubba where – we're driving. We're running behind the seventeen, and we're in a shower of sparks. Oh yeah, it was guess bad. what's guess what's dragging? That's the track bar mount. So you know whatever it was, they got it too low. They got the track bar worn too much, and that's why it's illegal after the race. Nice. So we got a new Xfinity team starting next year now. Who is it? Tommy Joe Martins has partnered with Caesar Baccarella from Alpha Prime to form Alpha Prime Racing to race Xfinity starting next season. Martins, 10 to 15 races. Baccarella and Raja Carruth among the drivers. Oh. Car number will be 44. Carruth races Martinsville, Dover, Richmond, and possibly more. Nice. Big fan of Raja Carruth. He's a good kid. I've met him multiple times, spoken with him multiple times, and he told me about this opportunity maybe getting this year, and next year, I should say. And uh, it's good. I hope he cashes in on it. Me yeah, too. I, I race on iRacing with him quite a bit. Good kid. I mean, I think well, it's yes. I think it's pretty cool how many teams are forming in general. I mean, Cup and Xfinity. Xfinity, we talk about it day in and day out, how the racing has been so impressive just to see the product on track and now, you know, sponsors and drivers are getting opportunities. I think it just shows where we've come now, I would say, this year. Spot on, spot off. Bubba Wallace says, I'm the one that gets called out for not working with teammates and I'm the one that gets left hanging. There's a reason why Ford is in victory lane because they always work together. This was during his post-race interview. Oh man, now Freddy. I know. Now I know why Freddie got mad at me. So during the race, <laughs> I'm watching Bubba control the lead, and I'm watching Bubba have all this help behind him. And then next thing you know, I'm watching Bubba go to the bottom and the 18 drive around his right rear. So the caution later came out, and me being the great friend that I am, and I was so concerned about my friend Freddie Kraft. I walked down there and said, Freddie. Why did you leave the top? Freddie went absolute ape on me. He cussed me out. I thought he was going to throw me off the back of the roof. I, I was almost asking about an ashes the same thing. I wish I would have now. No, no, be glad you didn't. Damn it. Freddie's, you, you, I'm Freddie, surprised you didn't hear me yelling because I was only Freddie's three like people this down. I was in my guy happy little bubble down there. Excited. He is screaming at me and cussing me out. I just turned around and walked off, man. I was hmm. scared he's going to swing at me. So, Freddie, tell us what happened. What happened? So, so what Bubba is referring to as far as him getting called out was uh, – this race, races earlier this year with the JG. Obviously, we're partnering up with the JGR cars to work together at these plate races, and uh, which they don't really partner anyway during the plate races. Yeah, so. exactly right. So um, earlier races, I forget where we were. Maybe Daytona. I don't remember. We were trying to. We were leading, and the JGR cars were all on the bottom, and we tried to kind of control both lanes, and they got a little bit of a run, so we just stayed up and let them have it. And they were like, "Well, what, why would you do that? You know, y'all, you left us there, whatever." Just stay in line with us. We'll be fine on the bottom. That's fine, which we we attempted to do last night or Saturday night. But uh, so this deal here, we're the Fords all pit. So now we're we cycle to the lead. It's us and the forty two kind of side by side. We've got JGR help behind us, which we pulled up in front of them to make sure that we could help all the JGR cars to get that lane rolling. Uh, so we get that lane rolling. Forty two pulls up next to us. Now it's pretty much two lanes of side by side, and we're catching the Fords a uh, little, but we're you know we're catching them. So now the top lane, the bottom as the bottom starts to fall apart, the top lane's getting more momentum, more momentum, and uh, we all get clear. There's four of us in line up there, 23, 18, 20, 19. Well, once the 19 gets clear, in my mind, it was kind of common sense that go to the bottom, 
shortest way around the track. You're going to continue to run the Fords down, and you're going to have a better car behind you because behind on the top lane behind the 19 was the 8, and then when we pulled to the bottom, it was going to be the 42, which was a rocket ship was yesterday. Uh, so in my mind, it was kind of common sense. We're all clear. Okay, we'll ease to the bottom here. We go to the bottom, and the 18 stays up and drags all the JGR cars around us for a lap until the 19 got clear of us, and then they decided they wanted to run the bottom. Hmm. So uh, I can understand why. So your good friend, your your great friend, my, one Tony Hirschman, stuck it roof. straight up your old butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he uh, he. I was not happy with him. Let's just say that Tony Hirschman tries to orchestrate all these things on the roof during the draft, and I, I, I just how many races has Hirschman won as a cup spotter and in, 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 at these drafting places? I mean, I know he's got a, a shootout win for sure. I'm not sure if he's got what else. How about he's Xfinity got? races? He won any Xfinity races in the draft? No idea. I'm just curious if he's qualified to be telling everybody up there what to do because I see him telling all y'all up there all the time what to do. Oh, Freddie, what the hell to do? <laughs> well, listen, like here's where I'm at on this deal. So on if, the bottom, I'm the, on the bottom. That's where you're right? at. I thought in my mind it was Choo-choo. common sense. They, they're like it's. They're like I got kind of FF. I got some, FF. I got some grief. Yeah, that's what it was. Hashtag FF. Yeah. Uh, I got some grief because they're like, oh, you didn't tell us we were going. Well, what? I'm in front of you. If I move to the bottom, we've all been running together for the last 15 laps. <laughs> like, you're just going to, oh, what's going on? Where's Bubba going? Like, we're just going to leave. Uh, so, I'm sorry I didn't have time to send out a smoke signal and an email and everybody else that <laughs> we're going to go to the bottom because we are running 200 miles an hour and changes pretty quickly up there. But, uh, so, did you at I, least flip Hirschman off? You cussed oh, me out about I was, it. I wasn't I even was, involved in it. I was, so Hell, the, you only lost three spots. You're fine. The next lap, you know, when if they would have all went to the top and stayed at the top the rest of that run, I go, okay, that's fine. But as soon as they cleared me, they're like, okay, we're gonna go to the bottom now, and I just started screaming, why? Why are we going now? What's the point now? We just, I thought we were doing this two laps ago. That's but, a classic speedway move, uh, man. I, hey, listen, if that's the way, that's fine. I, there's nothing wrong with that. Quebec, Canada is calling me. What do you think they want? What a 704 area code. They want to talk about your student loans. Uh, yeah. um, the, uh, your car warranty is run out, Fred. I mean, listen, I, it is what it is. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> and it's car, you know, he's talking about people working together. Listen, Ford, the Fords obviously I can tell together. you, like, if this isn't pre planned, this is a solid move for Kyle because he, if he hits pit road right and comes out first, he's going to be the leader. Oh, yeah. I've been I mean, there. Listen, I'm not been saying, there, done that. I'm not saying Kyle did anything wrong, but what Bubba is saying is, no, I, I, don't I give agree. him grief for maybe not being the best teammate when this is exactly what's going to happen to us. You know, yeah. The only way that that works is if it's pre, if it's talked about, and those drivers are all on board saying, "Look, we're not leaving each other all night. Stick with it." You know what you, I mean? You can't convince me that Michael Waltrip and Dale Jr. did not have as much success as they had without committing to working together no matter what during the era in which they did it. And college racing right now is doing the exact same thing in the they did that, series yeah. races, at plate races, at ta- you know, Daytona Talladega, and guess what they're doing? We've seen it they're work. They're dominating. A, we've they're seen winning. it work a few times in the last four or five years. It's worked it, a If few these times. organizations don't – I mean, look, we saw manufacturers get involved and get us all aligned, and it worked. And and now it's kind Good of points. back to every man for yourself. And 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 look, which I enjoy I'm, way I'm, more. If I were spotting for Kyle Busch at that time, I would have been saying, "Stay with this guy no matter what. Follow him no matter what. Unless I'm going to be greedy, and then I'm going to say, oh, he just pulled down. <laughs> he screwed.' But. That put Kyle in a damn good spot. Yep. Like, which means they didn't have a meeting before the race, and Joe Gibbs say, "Hey, 
We're all or Toyota. Hey, we're all working together. Help each other. Don't leave a man out. They left Pubba out. We've See worked. It. Me and you've both worked with drivers where they know when that little opportunity shows up, they know when to pounce. We on gotta it. take it, and it puts them. I've I've won races. I've won races where we've made a move like that at some point. Wasn't really there wasn't a plan, and it showed up, and the driver took it. He knew when to take it, yeah. and it put us in position to win the race, and we did. So you talk about colleague racing. Here's the stats: six of the last eight plate races they've won. One of the races that of the two that they didn't win was when all their cars caught on fire during during qualifying. AJ didn't qualify. Ross had to drive somebody else's car. Yeah. So they really only had one car in that race. Yeah. Uh, so you're talking, you know, dominance, dominance. Six of the seven la- the last seven races that they have competed in, they've won. So I mean, if, if people aren't looking at that model and building off of that, they're idiotic. Yeah, they've obviously got a really good system. They, well, they've they've got those guys. You know, Chris and them have done a really good job of being like, look, guys, we can be really competitive if we work with each other the whole race, and when we get to the end of the backstretch on the last lap, race it out. If you so, don't buy into what Chris Rice tells you to do, he will tell you how stupid you are. Gladly. <laughs> Freddie. He will gladly tell you. But, yep. I mean, and if you talk about even winning the races, I, I, haven't, I don't have the time to go back and look, but – Stages. How many stage wins have they? Like they were one, two, three in every stage of the night. I remember last year we Damn were one, one, two, two three, three in a race. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's if you make a move and there's a college car around you and there's they're only separated by a couple cars, you better know what you're doing because if they see each other, they're gonna they're getting attached. Yep. Yeah, and yep. it doesn't matter. The guy that's running third is happy to be running with his teammates at that point in time, and it does like that's what you need. The guy that's, that was running third coming taking a white flag is one that won the race there. I don't necessarily think that works. In the Cup Series as much. Justin for, Haley was running third when Ross and AJ wrecked each other, and he won the race then. Yeah. So you don't have to be greedy when it works out no, that way. Yeah. Justin Haley was running third the other night. He won the race. We went to the bottom of AJ. He went to the top. We're yep. three wide coming off four. Guess who's going to win? A colleague car. Yeah. This Door Bumper Clear podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of the newest officially licensed diecast apparel hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are now exclusive to RacingUSA.com. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible diecast cars available for 39 different drivers, including this weekend's Ryan Blaney Daytona race winning diecasts. Items in your cart are automatically discounted. You can upgrade your orders to expedited shipping at no additional cost. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices, and your in-stock orders are shipped the next business day. Man, I love a good discount. You're doing business with an independently owned company that has met the test of time for more than two decades. You can also enter to win this month's $200 gift card. Why would you not shop at RacingUSA.com? So whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. Spot on, spot off. Tyler Reddick earns the last playoff spot as no one outside of the top 16 wins at Daytona. Brett. He tried to give this away. I could (laughs) not understand for the life of me why he was in the middle of that pack. And, and, and to me, it's awareness from the pit box, it's awareness from the roof, and it's awareness in the cockpit. And I am a gigantic Tyler Reddick fan. If I were going to come back full-time in spot, I would come back for a guy like this because he's talented, he can win races, he is the man. I'm, I'm convinced he's one of the best drivers out there. If you took it and put him in that five car, I think he'd win a lot of races, just like Larson's doing right now. But to your point, 
holy cow, did he make it stressful in his situation. He damn near knocked the radiator out of that car. And if he did at that point in time, Austin Dillon easily could have missed the last wreck and snuck in on points and kicked that eight out. You cannot take this chance if you're the eight team. Now, if you're Richard Childress, I don't know what you want to see happen. You want to see your grandson get in or you want to see the eight team get in. You clearly aren't going to get both in at this point. So you got to pick one. So maybe Richard's sitting there chomping at the bit going, oh, look at the eight. Now my grandson could get in, right? So this is a weird dynamic. But if I'm on that eight team pit box, if I'm on that eight team roof, if I'm in that eight team car, I'm going to be very aware of what needs to happen to get me to the play. Me and Clint Boyer would not have made that mistake. I can promise you that. You, you look at once that second stage ends, you know, obviously you've got to race for some stage points because, or at least defend stage points because you know the three is going to be going all out, which a three was up front in both stages. I think he finished second in one stage, sixth in the other. But Tyler defended that a little bit. He finished fourth in one stage. So you leave the second stage up 18 points on the three car. You have no reason to race at that point because you've got to finish – 18 spots within the three you can ride around and let the three i mean don't beat yourself is the biggest thing you Make can ride around right out. behind the big pack and yeah. just kind of chill and just, there until and the just last chill lap. there and, and you're going to get a top 20 i mean it's it's if there's going to be a wreck we've known that's that if he wins too yeah well, if he wins he's gotta I win mean, yeah if he wins he's in so that's what i'm saying don't beat yourself make him go out there and beat you because now if you, yeah. you look and you see with five to go he's running 10th or 12th or whatever okay then i've got to be 30th. You know, 30th. You know, so it's just – Rick Ware finished top 10. Put yourself in a position to succeed. And this is two weeks in a row. We saw it last week where he was super aggressive and he could have had a 40-point advantage. And then that would have been a 38-point gap after that second stage. And you just got to be on the racetrack at that point. So, you know, like you said, I, I love Tyler. I Tyler and me, we got off to a little rocky start. The first Daytona 500 he ran, and we had a little meeting at an airport face-to-face and talked about it. And Pulled him off your uh, neck, right? Yeah. And uh, and ever since then, we've been great friends, and I run into him every once in a while. And uh, he's a good dude. He's a hell of a wheel man. I think some of the, sometimes his decision-making might not be the best, but he's also pretty young, and he's going to get out of that eventually. But he, like you said, he's one of the best drivers out there. Kevin Harvick goes from starting the 2020 playoffs in first with 57 playoff points to starting 16th with two playoff points this year. DJ. Man. I mean, Harvick's he did what he had to do to – to. Um, I mean, he locked in, what, a couple races ago or something? Just I before mean, last, Daytona. Yeah, last race. Okay. I mean, still struggling. Um, it's going to be, you know – who knows, though? Harvest one of them guys that could go win the next three races, though. You know, so Rodney and uh, that group are very smart and can't ever count them out. So, but Harvick, uh, man, I mean, spot off, though, from the year they had last year to where the position you're at this year, that's a pretty big different, you know, different turnaround there. It's kind of, you know, it's rare to see a guy go from 16th to winning 10 races, but. It's also rare to see a guy that won eight, ten races last year, whatever he won, to um, you know barely making the playoffs by points. So I mean, you talk about how dominant Kyle Larson has been this year. You know, everybody. I mean, he's clearly the favorite going to the championship. He's clearly been the best guy all year long. He starts the playoffs with five less points than Kevin Harvick had last year. So that's how much more dominant. You know, that's another race win or stage wins, whatever it is you know, that Harvick had last year of how dominant he was compared to, you know, his competition. Um, Kyle has a bigger gap this year, obviously, to the second-place guys. But still, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
I don't want to call it a fall from grace, but I mean, you went in last year as the one seed, and here you are as a 16. Um, I, you know, I saw an interview this week where Tony said that there's something wrong, and we've got to find it. You know, and it is what it is. And obviously, this new car is going to bring about a lot of change. But there's, there's definitely they're missing something over there. Kevin Harvick is one of the best drivers in the field. We agree Absolutely. on that. Oh yes. yeah. Kevin Harvick is one of the best drivers smartest. to ever drive a NASCAR. We agree with that. Smartest. In Kevin NASCAR. Harvick is one of the smartest drivers to ever drive in NASCAR. Rodney is one of the best crew chiefs to ever be in this sport. Rodney is an amazing crew chief. So what's wrong? Well, we know that Ford had a change in the nose, so that's a big arrow thing. And it just seems like whatever that change was, these guys can't compensate it. How many racetracks do we go to do you think that Kevin Harvick is the best driver in the field? Atlanta? Maybe Richmond? Phoenix. Phoenix? We could maybe keep going. We could maybe keep rattling them off. He's good at Dover. He's good at them. A lot of them. So why is he zero wins and last in the playoff standings? Because their cars are slow. We talked about it on here. Jimmy Johnson would have won championships at Chip Ganassi Racing. Bullshit. If Kevin Harvick can't win a cup race at Stuart Haas right now, it's because their cars aren't fast enough. It's not because Kevin Harvick isn't still great. Kevin Harvick is still one of the best drivers in the field, and they're way off. Eric Amarola sneaks into this playoff with a rocket ship at New Hampshire. I don't know where that rocket ship came from. Is he better than Kevin Harvick at New Hampshire? Or where it went. Yeah. Is he better than Kevin Harvick at New Hampshire? That's one of Harvick's best tracks. Okay, so what the f*** is going on over there? That's what I'm trying to tell you, people, is look at the bottom four and look at who Kevin Harvick is around. Tyler Reddick, Michael McDowell, Eric Amarola, Kevin Harvick. He shouldn't even be in the conversation with these guys. He's supposed to be in the conversation with Kyle Larson, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Busch. Their cars are off. Tony's right. Their cars are off. And, and they got to fix it. Can he fix it between now and Phoenix? I don't think so. He's had 26 weeks to fix it. No. They're probably looking at this new car going, it can't get here fast enough to get us out of this this storm that we're in. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a big part of the story. I think maybe even the bigger part is the emphasis on you know changing lanes are completely. The emphasis on stage wins and race wins. Denny Hamlin had a 150-point gap on third place in the standings after last night's race or Saturday night's race. He's now seventh in points because he only had 13 stage points and 10 of them, I'm sorry, 13 playoff points. And 10 of them are from where he finished in the standings. He had three stage, three stage wins all year long. He had three playoff points. I mean that just talk about, you know, the emphasis on winning stages and winning races. You know, we see guys kind of get safe and they don't want to, you know, get up there and win stages. They kind of call their strategy a little bit different to, you know, flip the field of some of these road courses and and give up stage points but i mean look, look at what you got here i mean this guy just went from clear cut champ, regular championship season contender to now he's seventh in the points he's out of the yeah. final race right now <laughs> you know what i mean one so, bad race and it's going to be really interesting yeah be really tight I, i'm a big Stuart haas fan obviously worked there for many years got a lot of great friends over there it's hard to watch um it's hard to watch a team like that do that because we need Stuart haas to do well to, to stay around the sport, to stay relevant, because when owners start not doing well, they can find other things to do with their money. We don't need Gene Haas and Tony Stewart doing that. We need to keep them engaged. Uh, but, TJ, what makes you a championship contender? Because in my mind, it's leading laps, winning stages, winning races. Is Harvick doing yeah, that right now? Running up front. And is Harvick doing that? No. So, keeping in mind the few races that are coming up and obviously the fact that stages are so important – who are the four drivers that won't advance? Uh, I think you look immediately at Michael McDowell. 
Yep. I think you look immediately at Eric Almarola. Yep. Because of what we talked about, level of aggression, and maybe not the the best uh, strategy, maybe Tyler Reddick. You know, he can get himself in trouble. But at the same time, Tyler Reddick's a guy that can go out there and win this race at Darlington this week. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. He's a yeah. wild card. You know, he runs really well at these places. Darlington where... isn't, isn't the big question mark to me that what it used to be because it used to be treacherous, and we don't see nearly as many guys getting to the wall in three and four like we used to. It used to be you were getting that stripe at some point no matter what. Now you can count the cars on one hand that get it during a race. Casey, that's an amazing question. But here's my question. Don't talk about the drivers. Talk about the racetracks that we're going to. We're going to Darlington. We're going to Richmond. We're going to Bristol. Those are not aero-sensitive tracks. Does aero matter? Absolutely it matters. But these are tracks that mechanical grip matter and the drivers matter. And when you look at that, you got to say, okay, who's going to struggle in those three races? And I hate to say this about TJ Majors and Brad Kazowski, but they're in a lame duck situation. They both know they're out at Penske at the end of the year. I haven't seen Brad as fast as I've seen him in years past. i got to put him on my list and maybe he doesn't make the second round. Sorry, TJ. I hope you do make the second mm. round personally, but professionally, I don't know that you can. And if you don't, I'm sorry. We'll go have a Waffle House <laughs> on shotgun a beer in the parking lot. TJ, I'm not really I've been in, I've I'm been in really worse sorry, positions. Sorry, but okay. I had him on my list, too. Eric Amarola, <laughs> to me, hasn't had the speed, as Freddie said. Michael McDowell, uh, hey, Daytona 500 champion. He'll hang that on his wall forever. We don't even know if this guy's got a ride next year. He's probably more worried about finding a job than he is making the second round of playoffs because he knows that his team – doesn't have the resources and the funding to make the second round. If he's going to make the second round, he's going to need a lot of help from these guys. What does that mean? That means he's going to need a lot of these guys that are in the back half of this playoff. We're talking Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell. He's going to need those guys to wreck and completely yeah. take themselves out of the picture. And somebody will do that. Somebody's going to do it at Darlington. Somebody's going to do it at Richmond. Somebody's going to do it at Bristol. Now them three guys are out. You want to just be able to kind of sneak your way in, right? Uh, and, 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 look, I think Tyler Reddick is good enough to make the next round. The question is, is, does he have the mental fortitude and the coaching that he's going to need to be able to do that? Great question, though. But for me, I don't look at the drivers. I look at the tracks. And I say, man, these are not three easy easy race tracks to go to. No, not by any means. TJ, what do you think? You know, I, I definitely look at a guy like McDowell to be um, hard. We don't really have any strong – Tracks for him coming up. Strong tracks would be road courses and play tracks, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I mean, I could see a, a Martinsville being okay there, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I don't see any strong races. It's just all going to be, you know, who, who's going to have bad luck. And those guys from 10th on down can't really have any bad luck now. So, there's going to be that into the equation. I think you have two guys just lose it on speed, like you said. Maybe, maybe the uh, 34, maybe the 10. But the next two to me are going to be guys that are just something's going to happen, and you just can't have that right now. And that's why it's the playoffs, and it's time to perform. So, I'm, you know, I think Brad's pretty decent at Darlington. I think he's he's got some strong tracks. He's good at Bristol. He's got some strong Bad tracks coming up. One yeah, of the best we got at some. We got some strong tracks coming up, which you can look at and be like, okay, well, he's pretty good there. He's been good at Darlington. So, you know, if we go there and do what we're capable of doing, we should be able to get some solid finishes there, enough to enough to beat the guys, you know, straight up. But there's going to be a couple guys, man, that 
and somebody on a big team with a big name is not going to make it to the next round. And it's going to be a guy yeah. like Harvick. It's yeah, going to be it, a guy like Bell. What if Harvick blows up lap one this weekend? Yeah, yeah. we what, see that. A, all the time. a guy like Bell, a guy like Harvick, a guy like Keselowski. We should be talking about them going into the third round. Now we don't even know if they're going to make it out of the first. You never know what's going to happen. NASCAR confirms that the numbers on cup cars will be shifted forward mm. in 2022. Freddy, was there an announcement this week or something? About that, that, that? Uh, I think it was kind of on the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, welcome to 2311, Kurt Busch. <laughs> yeah. You are great. Hopefully, you are so great you can make us all better next year. <laughs> Um, listen, I, I see everybody blow up about this. Obviously, NASCAR, I don't know if NASCAR had anything to do with the fact that where the number was placed on the car for the announcement. Uh, but I seen that they kind of piggybacked that and said, yep, we are moving the numbers forward next year. Um, but and then, of course, everybody blew up at the fact of how the 45 card looked in the picture. And let's just clarify one thing. That was like the JGR pit stop pit school car for next year. I was going to say, there's no way that's a real car. It can't <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah. It's, you know, that's the car they've used. That's the car they're using for the pit stops. Um, so, you know, this is obviously not to scale. This is obviously not the final rendering of what this car is going to look like. The so frame's the, not going to be to, red. To, I, don't, I would imagine it's not going to be a red car. There's with no way you're right graphics. because Twitter says that you're wrong. <laughs> Brett knows all about it. So you know, let's let's wait. I've seen some that that lefty design guy's got some good stuff that he's put out there. Some pretty good designs, Um, you know, with the with the number. And my biggest thing is, listen, you can kind of move that number anywhere you want as long as it's on the door. Don't change. The biggest thing for me is don't change the size of the number. The number should remain the same size. And don't move it so far forward that it's all the way behind the wheel because then you're going to start losing size of the number because the car kind of narrows up up there. Um, But obviously, uh, you know, you guys are doing a you're trying to change the roof number and everything. (laughs) We put we want the roof number to face the crowd. We want the small number on the front. For a minute, I thought that was a joke. I thought they just mixed up the number. (laughs) The guy putting a decal on. Right. There's a solid chance that I'm going to get called back to the hall. (laughs) Here we go. Whoa. Can I leave the conversation? Because I would not. TJ has left the room. How in the hell does 2311 announce that there's a number change in NASCAR? How does that happen? How are we not out in front of this as an industry? Look, I have sponsors I'm involved with in the Cup Series. Why did the teams not get notified by NASCAR? Number change was coming. Why weren't the well, sponsors able to they get knew. notified? How does how does Denny Hamlin get to break NASCAR Cup Series news that affects every team in the garage? And for NASCAR just to piggyback it and go, yeah, that's where the numbers are. Jordan, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Freddie just grinning We're away seriously, here. We are seriously – going to be so freaking reactive to what – is Denny Hamlin the president of NASCAR now? I don't think – judging by his Twitter, I believe not. <laughs> I was blown away that I saw this on Twitter, and I was like, you know what, Denny's an edgy, fun, smart guy. And Denny really is. If you know Denny, he's all three of those things. He's having fun with this. He's, he's screwing with people right here because he knows it's going to get 2311, a ton of attention. Well, guess what else he got? He broke the freaking news of the numbers change. Like, why is Denny Hamlin doing this? And I'm not mad at Denny Hamlin about this, by the way. I think it's awesome. I think it was a great brand move for him. I think it was huge for 2311. But if I'm NASCAR, if if the NFL is going to change where the goalpost is going to be, they're going to put the goalpost in the middle of the field now instead of in the end zones. Do you think that Troy Aikman is going to break the news? You think the stadium just going to build one? And hey, look yeah. at what we're doing this weekend, guys. <laughs> like, I cannot believe. 
that something this significant fans are emotional about this. I'm emotional about this. It's this clearly. is this is significant. This thing takes up a freaking quarter of the side of the car, and we're just gonna slide her up here and hope nobody knows that Denny Hamlin break it. Are you scared that people are gonna be pissed off, or are you literally just behind the team and and the, the team breaks it and you're like, well, what are we gonna do now, guys? Like we should have had a major announcement. We should have had. Uh, Steve Phelps or Steve O'Donnell or somebody addressing the media about this. This is a major culture shift in what the cars look like. Brett, or am I crazy? I'm, I'm crazy. going to tell you this right now. From a marketing perspective, what do you think? In, in my opinion, I think that NASCAR has looked at metrics around branding and where you know sponsors are focused when they're looking at footage and on track um i mean i think this could be a great thing from a sponsor perspective so from a marketing perspective since you are definitely a marketing guru here like do you agree that this might be a great move from any sponsors in the sport great question back up one second control the narrative if you're nascar tell me why it's great okay and if you do that i'm gonna buy into it but now i've watched a show car that's a pit stop car unveil a significant shift in the sport um long term casey uh i think there are brands out there where this opens up them look nutrient solutions is a very long name it's hard to fit all that in a tight space moving this moving this number helps that right but i would have loved to have been able to call loveland colorado and tell my good friends out there hey guys they're going to make this shift this is where we're going to be able to do it this is the analytics around why they're doing it I can't tell them that story because Denny Hamlin broke broke it out and, and basically said, hey, look at this number shift we're doing. Like, if, if it's all great, then let's all have a great industry discussion about it. We, we knew that something like this could be coming. I think Denny was a guy that said, don't push it back, push it forward. It's almost like he's putting a feather in his cap going, hey, told you guys it's great. Let Let's me boom. ask you this because I know right now you are actively seeking sponsorship for next year. Was was the Xfinity series included in this announcement? Not that I've heard. Was it was it excluded? Has so, so something you guys may not know when you look at the, you guys know what the A post is on the car, but for our listeners out there, the A post is in front of the driver window. Okay, so it is essentially between the current car, the wheel, and the number. Okay, that particular space in Cup. Teams now own. NASCAR used to own that space, okay? And they would pay teams small amounts of money if you won the whatever race award. You know, get a fifteen hundred dollar check, whatever. Right? Yeah. If you ran the Coors Light sticker, you got ten grand that weekend, right? So that's gone. Cup cars have the ability to put anything they want there, okay? Xfinity Series cars, they cannot put anything there that has writing on it. So when you look at AJ Allmendinger's Ramco car that won the race, beautiful race car by the way, white and red car. There's a huge Ram in that space. We can graphically put things there. I, however, cannot put the word Ramco in that space. So to your point, Freddie, I don't know that this has any impact on the Xfinity Series. I honestly don't think it will. But how about come out and tell us? But then why would you, I don't understand why you'd have the cars looking so differently if we're all under the NASCAR banner. Why would the cup cars have the numbers slip forward, the, the Xfinity's in the door, like in the middle of the door? Who, I don't, who, I don't know. who, why, why can't I sell that area under the A post in the Xfinity series? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. You're going after your meeting. If you're, if, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're worried about maximum sponsor exposure, which is, this is obviously does listen, it looks better for me. Purist love it. Center of the door is where it always should be. If you're going to move it aesthetically, I think it goes, it looks better when you move it back. 
But for maximum brand exposure, yes, moving forward, can you get the back half of the door and the whole quarter panel now to put one big sponsor? But why? If, if, why? Let me ask you this: Why is the door number? Why on the left side of the car? Why is the door number there? On the right side of the car, why is that door number there? For left side of the car is for the crew. Left side is for the crew chief and the crew to be able to identify that car as it goes by. The right side of the car is for scorers to be able to score the car. Do we still have scores? Nope. Do we have satellite tracking on these cars? Mm, yes. So we don't even need fucking door numbers. All we need is a roof number. That's incorrect. You're getting crazy now. You need numbers for fan identification. You know we don't how you have told the us same. To, you got roof numbers. You know how you told us to kick you? We'd be kicking you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love NASCAR. I love – I'm just making a point, TJ. I'm making an argument. Um, I'm not saying it's what I would do. But what I would do is I would have announced, hey, guys, really uh, significant yeah. announcements coming. Let's everybody hold tight. And let's roll this thing out big as an industry. I mean, I don't know, man. When, when uh, remember when NFL was under a big freaking fire for CTE, uh, mm-hmm. basically concussion concussion protocol. NFL was said, "Ha, watch this. I'm going to change the narrative. We're going to change how we do the extra point." They rolled out this whole thing of we're going to change how we do the extra point. They shifted the narrative. They control the narrative. We should be controlling this narrative and telling. I need to tell the story to sponsors, and and so I just. It frustrated me a little bit to see this come out this way, obviously. But anyway. Sounds like it. Yeah, DJ. I really couldn't tell. TJ, um, what do you think? Look, if it builds uh, interest, you know, from sponsors and there's more value there, uh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> if it, I don't, Where does it look the best? <sighs> to you. I mean, I... Just personal opinion. You know, we're not going to jail for this. Personal opinion, I like You're guilty it. by association. You're going in the hollow with me. <laughs> I, I, I like it towards the back a little bit. Um, I, I like it towards the back of the front door just because I think it's a cool area on the door to put some logos and stuff like that. Uh, so Here you go. Here's one for you. Do you think it looks good where it's at on the 45 car with that Monster Energy sponsorship? When I looked at that car, I will say I looked at that car and I was like, eh. And then I looked at the diecast car. Looks pretty cool. I don't know if you saw where you could buy the die cast. I saw a die cast of it, and I thought the die cast looked pretty awesome. But that car there, I don't know if it was a red or something that threw me off. or, or Like, it wasn't a true, like, yeah, race car. Well, so. That car's tweet- not going to look yeah, anything like that. Denny yeah. tweeted that it's that's literally Wait purely for the announcement. TJ, do you think the way they unveiled that car that it looks good? It was a no. 5 out of 10. Okay. So you're half-assed. The die cast car. Like- about a nine out but of But if I were Monster Energy, I would be happy because of all the exposure but, it did receive. Hey, uh, Denny's a freaking, Denny's a genius. Whoever made the call I've been on saying this, that uh, for years. To do it this way. <laughs> That's very suspect I think you've been saying that for a year that. and a half. Well, <laughs> Madonna said it best. Bad publicity is still publicity. So people that hated this are still talking about it. People that loved yeah. it are still talking about it. People that like Kurt Busch, Monster Energy. Some drivers Hamlet, use this. 2311 Motorsports. People that like all the things or hate all the things are talking about this. I think it's great. I just, this is a significant change. Do well, you agree? I, do you think this is a significant change? I do. And I think that when you look at... You do you think Denny Hamlin should have announced the number change? I think that when you look at how <laughs> sponsorship will be sold, such you mentioned the B post, A post, all that. I think that changes the game and makes it better for all of these new teams and new sponsors coming in. Yeah, we're not denying any of that. We're just saying it should have been announced differently. Time. I'll see you at 2.30 on NASCAR (sighs) truck.
Think you've heard all the stories from racing's past? Think again. Dirty Mo Media's newest podcast, glorious, white-knuckled, God-fearing, spun-out, and half-turned-over racing stories, immortalizes the greatest people and moments in motorsport. This podcast is a nostalgic throwback experience in a modern-day vehicle that celebrates racing's glory years. Join me, Rick Houston, each week as I uncover stories that you'll need to hear to believe. You can find glorious racing stories on DirtyMoMedia.com and all major podcast platforms. Before you get yourselves in more trouble, time for Reaction Theater. Are you kidding me? NBC Sports in NASCAR? You mean to tell me you're blocking out the cutoff race? to televise a Washington Redskins preseason game? Get the f*** out of here. Hey, you know, I don't know who makes the call on him. I don't think it's got nothing to do with NASCAR. Yeah, I don't think it's that. And I'm not even sure. I, I really don't know, but I don't think obviously if some areas haven't, some areas don't, there's people in them areas or controller that are picking what's going to be on there. That's the way I can see it. It all goes back to money. <laughs> it's money. Whoever paid more for their sponsorship, I'm sure the NFL probably draws more sponsorship dollars for their preseason game than we were for that race in that market anyway. I don't know how Anthony Alfredo can be so far back away from the accident and run in there like, hey, guys, hold my beer. I'm coming. And nails BK. I feel so bad for TJ. And so bad for Brad Kozlowski because that was unnecessary. Anthony Alfredo can't drive worth a damn lick. First of all, I don't think he's holding a beer. <laughs> he's probably holding some noodles or something. <laughs> I was told that he got hit from behind when he hit both of us. No, I can go ahead. Unless there's an invisible car. <laughs> Unless there was an invisible car, an SMT that just wasn't being tracked. There was no contact. It was a hard left. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Did he get on the brakes like really, really late? I didn't even look at Did it. Did you I don't, see the angle he hit me at? Uh, yeah, kind of clip. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> he hit me sideways. I mean. <laughs> and he knocked me into you. <laughs> they're going to need some extra duct tape and hope to get ready for Talladega. <laughs> uh, according to the. Well played. According to one of the, you know, the uh, Freddie's favorite word. When you go look at the, the data, yep, you know, uh, unless there was just somebody there that just didn't exist on there, <laughs> maybe their GPS fell off. I maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if no one else in America will say it, let me be the first. <laughs> you Chase Elliott, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, learn to drive in a plate race, okay. Stop throwing your car around like a rag doll. Stop thinking, yeah, you got the tires, but you ain't got the brains. Get the fuck off the track. Jason, I can't believe I, I, that's why I can't play? even believe he let this one slide. Oh, there's more. This must have been Dillner. Well, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> People were very upset with Chase. Clearly. He's got a lot of Maddie B mean, fans out there. He took a lot of cars out, but dude's going for the win, man. I mean, that's what happens. So Max Major blamed it on the 21 car. He said it was the 21 car's fault. Yeah, he's a Chase Elliott fan like Jason, so he's a little biased. So if you put us in the if you put us together, we're actually kind of related, but separate, we're not. But if you put us in <laughs> the majors, <laughs> yeah. hey Brett, reckon in front, bud. 
Might want to tell your driver to hit the brakes. Well, this idiot obviously don't have a scanner, or he would know what I told him. Or Twitter. Yeah, if you had Twitter, you can actually see where fans <laughs> tweeted me saying, "Yeah, uh, hey, I can't give you full blame because I don't think your guy definitely got on the brakes a little late still, but he was going to miss the. Did he you wasn't? See, did you see where Brett told him the wreck was happening? No. Turn two. Yeah, I mean, your guy, that's what I'm like. I told him to get out of the draft, TJ. Your guy wasn't going to hit anything until he got help. So, I, but he definitely. He, he definitely, should not have been anywhere near there. No, he, like, he had, he could have made better luck for himself with the torpedo coming, you know. Chase Elliott is the biggest dumbass in NASCAR. Wow. You all could whine at me, you know, complain about, oh, he's racing. He's racing for the win. Well, no, he's being a complete dumbass blocking the whole entire damn racetrack. Dude, like, Matty D deserves a fucking cup ride, and he does not get one because people are stupid. They race him like shit when he races them so clean week in and week out. Fucking bullshit. I'm done with this. Chase Elliott, you fucking suck. I hope you never win another race championship. I hope y'all are mad at me for blowing up on Chase Elliott, but just completely stupid. Why about Joe Logano doing it, and then he does it, and it's like, oh, well, it's okay, then. It's for the win. Just <laughs> Been there, completely stupid, dude. Chase, you fucking suck. If I looked at Chase Elliott's stats, I would have a hard time saying he sucks. If I looked at Matt DiBenedetto's stats, I would see that he's O for everything. It's hard to be O for everything in NASCAR's <laughs> top three series. That's He's literally O for everything. My problem is the guy saying he deserves a cup ride. Well, he's had one, a good one, for the last two years now. And he's still over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm, look, Matt D fans are rabid. They're crazy. Oh. And I don't know why. I mean, I, maybe maybe they drink the same muscle milk he drinks, and they're all pumped up and, you know, in the gym getting big and, and heavy. And, man, I don't know. But uh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, man. I'm sorry. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Ofer. I just can't believe somebody would call and say that stuff. I mean, when you're on the other side of the fence, like he said, it's it's amazing how when you have a super popular driver, fan favorite, makes a mistake like that and destroys a bunch of race cars and it's like bah it's okay it's all right but if you spot for a guy that gets booed and he makes that mistake it is the end of the world um he should never be racing again but we've got some some chase vitriol on here now so i don't and i still don't blame chase man the dude's trying to win a race that's what he's paid to do he's trying to win he they made a mistake and it's part of it he's not the only one it's ever done that? Yeah. So am I crazy or wasn't it just a few years ago that Talladega was a cutoff race in the playoffs and we ended up getting rid of that because of how crazy it was. So did we just forget all about that when we made Daytona this hectic bullshit? Is this the way that, that we want the, the regular season to end? And what happens if Corey LaJoy wins that race? Be Does in he really belong in the playoffs? Yep. Enough with the gimmicks. You win, you're in. Win, and you're so in. So this guy's absolutely right. Um, they literally took it away from Talladega because it was too crazy and almost became like playing a slot machine, a game of chance versus playing blackjack where it's a game of skill. That's why they moved it. Um, the drivers were flipping out. TV was flipping out. And then after they did that, they realized, man, if we want a game seven moment, why don't we take it to the place where we just spent $400 million to upgrade the facility? Where are you going to run this race at that's more exciting? Nowhere. And if, if we run a mile and a half or if we run, 
you're going to see the same trend that we've been seeing. And the guys aren't going to... Corey LaJoy, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Ross Chastain... Matt DiVendetto. Made that race exciting. They were they were doing what they had to do to try to get him. Yeah, Matt got caught up in a wreck. He was in a good spot. Great spot. Yep, he was in a good spot. He was going to be competitive at the end. And I don't know what else you could really... Add. I, I mean... I can say I personally enjoyed it because I wasn't on the bubble, but I can see where it'd be stressful. But hey, very stressful. Hey, this for those guys, the field, the the playing field is way more level at a plate race. There's still some, obviously, some cars, but you've got look at Corey LaJoy. There is no way that car by raw speed is probably going to qualify in the top fifteen, top twenty no by raw speed. No, and look at him and and um, his teammate there. What uh, Haley? Haley, they. I mean, he's right up there. So, I think... It, I mean, this is just a dumb comment. And, yes, if Corey LaJoy won that race, he deserved to be in a race, just like Michael McDowell yeah. did in date in February. Does Michael McDowell have the raw speed to be a playoff car? No. I think he was probably 20th in points by the time that race was but over we've seen, well, Look, I mean, I hate to keep comparing us to NFL. We've seen guys in NFL make the playoff with a, with a sub-500 record before. The Panthers won Are they going to the continue playoffs. to win a championship? No, neither are these guys, but they still are in the playoff. Yeah, win and you're in. That's the you whole win point. your division in the NFL. I don't know who got this guy's panties in a wad, but none That's them. right, though. If you win your division in the NFL, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. So Exactly. But in that Even deal, if you're the NFC East and the NFC East sucks and you got a crappy record, you, you still beat, won the East. You beat the three other teams that are in your division right there, yep. and, and that's all you got to do. Let's go, YRB! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> Two in a winning at Daytona. I had never missed Justice Dale Jr. won at Daytona. Thank you, DJ, for that one. Hey, Brett Griffin, couldn't you spot that dumbass driver of yours to avoid that 18 car? But I will say thank you for hitting the 18 car because when you take Kyle Busch out of a race, it makes <laughs> a, a lot of people really, really happy. I had no idea Josh Williams didn't like Kyle Busch. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, though, Ryan has figured out how to survive these races and be there at the end. You know, they they handed that Michigan to him on a platter right there. Here you go. Here, I mean – and hey, he got up there and took it. And he that to me that's a uh, Ryan progressing, you know, and and you give him a chance and put him in the right spot. And he didn't really there was opportunities for guys to go right back by Ryan. Uh Corla Joy had a shot in the middle of 3 and 4 coming to the white flag, which I think I he should have taken that run. But he didn't, but Ryan is just he his timing's right, man. He's at the end of the, he's figured out how to be at the end of these races. He doesn't in what I think stands out to Ryan is he's not up there defending. He's kind of the guy riding third or fourth till the very end, and then he takes his run and gets up there. And he's like, oh, okay, go ahead, idiots. You all wreck behind me. I only got to lead a half a lap here because you idiots are going to wreck, and the caution's going to come out. I'm going to win the race, and I only have to run half a lap to defend it, you know? So everyone wants to get that run at the end of the backstretch, and they all wreck for second and third and fourth doing it. Leader walks away. So um, congrats to him and He's got a pretty good record going. It's there. kind of funny how drivers win races like in in piles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'll 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 win a bunch of races and you'll go a while and not win any. Or it's very rare you have like a Ricky Rudd come along that can win a race every single year for seventeen years or whatever that number was. Like it's usually you see drivers get hot and then they'll fade and then they might get hot again or they might not ever get hot again. Like it's just weird how that happens. And and Ryan Blaney right now three wins, second in the championship standings, great hair. I'd say he's hot. That's awkward. 
I think many, girl, many girls will agree with this statement. Oh boy, I can't wait to see the finish of this race. Ford, Chevys, and Toyotas all on different green flag pit strategies. Freddie and Bubba fighting with the Gibbs cars. 20 plus cars trying to get to pit road under green at the same time. Oh man, it's going to be exciting. What's that? One, two, no, no. Three Rick Ware cars crashed to influence the end of this race. Who could have predicted that? Hopefully all that damage forces Rick to finally sell one or two of those charters to a more deserving team. Oh, and, oh, and TJ, I had to double check and make sure you weren't spotting for the nine car the way he was blocking like Logano all night and causing wrecks. <laughs> TJ, you suck. Brett, you're awesome. And Freddie, I hope you and Bubba have a job Monday morning when you meet Denny. Well, that's genius. Good news is I still got a job. Maybe tomorrow is when our meeting is, though. <laughs> Good news is I have a meeting in my office today that's got a lot of cool things in there. <laughs> so I don't have a replica Daytona 500 trophy, though, which I'm disappointed at. Should you still get one? Yeah. Can you? Absolutely. Y'all remind the guy that owns this place? <laughs> Leave him a note on the table. He didn't you know buy, what? He didn't send you a replica 500 trophy? No. We just Googled how much money he was worth a few months ago. Yeah, well, so he... I know he's. I know he doesn't have both of them on display. So I asked if I could borrow one, put it in there. But what's the big deal? You got two of them. Yeah. Are we gonna bring up the boat issue too while we're at it? So did, so did he not the trophies on so, the boat. So did he let you borrow your own trophy? I mean, I feel I feel like it'd been a cool gesture. To so get he didn't it. let you borrow it. No, he wouldn't even let me borrow it. <laughs> can you touch it? Have you touched it? I did actually touch it. Just a, but uh, just once. Just once. Your whole hand or just the tip of your finger? <laughs> okay. Two fingers. I just kind of touched a little bit and then walked. That was it. That's good. I, I yeah. mean, we got to gauge these things. It was in the bus after the in 14 after the race because I, obviously I was uh, flying with him. Well, Seven years ago, and he still won't let you borrow it. No. I mean, I, I don't care if it's a plastic one. You know, it could be just a plastic <laughs> replica. I'd take it. But it'd be cool I'll to get like. get you a plastic one. Yeah, it'd be cool to know that we I won the. You can know, make styrofoam and. Is this affecting yeah. your friendship at this point? Because you seem pretty bitter it's about, about it. about to. Starting to right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can t- see you getting mad. He had forgotten. But. Yeah, I forgot about it until now. Using <laughs> 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 together. Throw them over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still good. To, it's still a good memory, so that's all that really matters. That's all you've got, TJ, is a memory. all i got is a memory. <laughs> Fades more and more each day. Hey, I promise you, you're not forgetting your wins. You're not you forgetting probably yours. Go well, with I don't even want to talk about it if you got trophy. I don't even say it. I don't. <laughs> I know what time it is at my house. I know. Yeah, I got. It's you got a clock, not from Dell Junior. Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, Dell yeah. Junior gave me. Clock. Yeah, he gave you a clock, but not a Harley J Earl trophy. Yeah. Wow. I think we need. I think to, I would trade the clock back in. We need to make a trophy and do a trophy presentation on the show. You um, have to just make sure you set both clocks at the same time. Otherwise, it's really annoying. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think Dale cares if he has a trophy, Casey. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To leave an audio message twenty four seven, go to anchor.fm slash doorbumperclear and click the message icon. We will keep playing the best ones on the show each week. We don't play the best one. We play the meanest ones. So. True that. <laughs> Especially Chase. <laughs> Offer pad, question of the week. Who had more say in how your home was decorated and where furniture was placed? <laughs> this is a dumb You or question. your <laughs> wife. <laughs> TJ, I need to know this answer. When we walked into our house, my wife said, 
this is my dream home. And that was the end of TJ. That was the end of that. (laughs) Nothing else mattered at that point because, A, she was uh, nine months pregnant. Good answer. You don't do a little advice here. You don't overlap these three things in life. Try not to. Buy a house, get married, and have a kid. Didn't, if you overlap those things. And you did all three? Or? I did two of them at one time. <laughs> and it is whoever came up with that saying. I don't know who it was. Probably Earl or somebody like that. Um, Earl Barbin, Some probably. Great philosopher named Earl. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how because Earl's never had a kid. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, uh, my dream house. I was done. Friday. Uh, aside from my big ass couch that I picked out, I think Megan has designed the rest of the house, which we built our house brand new. So she literally designed or picked out everything for the entire house. Uh, Nan Zippadelli picked out everything that, that kind of went in my house. So I, she did an amazing job. I did have a townhouse at one point. If you, if you live in Charlotte and you want your house to be pretty, call Nan. I did live in a townhouse and I actually, uh, it was my first new place. Everything I lived in before that was like. A rental hand me down. I mean, I had lamp lamp shade from one guy, table from another That's guy. The worst. You don't realize it at the time. I was making twelve thousand a year working at MB two, and I yeah. didn't have much money. So yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, I went off to college, and then like ten years later, you're like, man, I think I can afford some nicer stuff. Yeah, well, they, I, but you have a hard time getting rid of that crappy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. Right. Um, you hand it down to somebody else that needs it. But I had Sean Robinson do my place. And she does a good job too. She did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a hard time believing Nan designed the RPG room. Um, the casting couch. I designed the RPG room, <laughs> but that, yeah, but, that but, but, but we did that room questions. after we you know moved in. We did that room a couple months. Is ago. Is it still being used? Oh yeah, all the time. What goes on in there? The couch. Just watch TV, man. Nothing See, crazy. You don't, you don't roll do any role playing games. No, or... no, nothing like that. <laughs> no, just drink <laughs> bourbon and watch TV. <laughs> Well, go get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. Which I am going to use to sell my wife's dream home at some point. <laughs> I'm going to use it to <laughs> sell close. our house eventually. Just when... buy my house. It's that time again where we discuss our favorite Xfinity x more than fast moments. Whether you're on or off the track, speed isn't the only thing you need. So, what were your favorite more than fast moments this week, Brett? I got to go with Justin Haley for uh, being more than fast. I mean, this guy is running behind his two teammates. And when they split off, uh, Jeb and and AJ are side by side. Justin Haley could have taken the time to pick which teammate he was going to help win the race but instead he decided i'm going to go to the outside (laughs) of the 16 and i'm going to win the damn race so to me that's thinking fast that's definitely an xfinity x5 more than fast moment freddie yeah uh my more than fast moment is going to be bubba i mean just the way he drove into that pile up more than fast and somehow came out the other side i still never understand but uh ended up with a top or a second place finish out of it so She's parted the right way for a more than fast. I mean, the way we drove into that wreck was more than fast, and the the way we came out the other side was a miracle. That was going to – I mean, I kind of wanted to give it to Alfredo, the way he gets on that (laughs) backstretch. But my uh, more than fast moment, I'll go with BJ McLeod. You know, first career top ten. He's got to be on top of the world this week, and it's a great feeling. So congrats to them guys. Yeah. 
We like it fast here on Door Bumper Clear, but what we really like, boys, is more than fast. Thankfully, there is always tons of action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you also get the reliability and security that keeps you connected and protected. On the track, being more than fast means you've got the teamwork and strategy to win. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And don't forget, Casey, to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Time for One Idiot. (laughs) Brett, yeah, I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. Brett, who you got? How do you not? I mean, how do you not? <laughs> I I I feel like my rant's already going to get me in trouble. I just oh no! I, I just <laughs> do I got to take my headset and leave again? <laughs> <sighs> uh, Freddie, you go. I need a minute. I need a minute to make a good decision. My one idiot goes to ESPN this week <laughs> for their announcement that Kyle Busch has signed at twenty three eleven racing. Uh, I don't my know friends the, text me like, wow, I didn't see this coming. I'm like, oh my god, Nobody did, I don't think. But yeah, so my one idiot to whatever intern was working at ESPN that moment when they decided to tweet the wrong Bush brother was coming over to work with us next year. You want to start yet or you want me oh, to you go? go ahead. You know, I got to go with, uh, and I like the kid, but I got to go with Maya in that starting that Xfinity wreck like that. Just unnecessary at that point in time. Um, a little pushing out of the dog leg. That's already sketch. And, you know, it's just – that was a very, very preventable mistake. That, that's that's kind of rule number one in play racing is do not push through the trial. Like, that's – I yeah, feel like that's – It is. That's the first thing and what you remind your guy of all day the long. The car is light right there. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I mean, any cars are really moved by when you get that close. Obviously, we've seen Ty, that's the Pat and a Ty Gibbs move when you get close to the left rear quarter panel, it shoves the guy around no, without touching him. So, you know, the air on the back bumper right there is already the guy. The guy's already struggling. So, Brett, we are Here prepared. We, go. we are prepared to delete this <sighs> yep. if necessary. So, I'm watching this this race play out, and I'm watching a guy up front who has been up front a lot of the night, and I'm friends with this guy. I think the world of him. TJ touched on it earlier in the show. They're going down the backstretch, and it looked like the seven car of Corey LaJoy was running 20 miles an hour faster than Blaney. 
And instead of diving to the bottom and trying to clear the 12 for the lead, as we, came, as we came to the white flag, and with the momentum that he had, yes, hell yes, he would have, he would have gotten the lead as the white flag flew. When the white flag flies, the race is official. This would have been LaJoy's first opportunity to win a big race in NASCAR, and he didn't take it. Instead, he went and shoved Ryan Blaney. Damn near probably wrecked him because he was the going winner. so much faster. He went and shoved Ryan Blaney, who, as TJ just alluded to, went on to win the race. Corey, I love you, man, but what an idiot. Take the run. Yeah, take the run because – and who knows what happens after you take the lead. They might wreck at the start-finish line right after you go by and you win the race. And that is that would have been huge listen, for that company. Here's and you could see it playing out. And listen, Corey's plan was going to work out as long as everybody else was on Corey's plan because he backed yeah. up to the four and was going to get a big run down the backstretch. Except for one thing, yeah, the four not, wasn't on Corey's no. plan, so he split to the bottom and, and got underneath Corey. Seventeen and that destroyed took, Corey's well, Seventeen run. took the run down there and. Yeah. and and he came from further back, so Corey would have got to the lead. You have to take the run late in the race. You never 100%. just stay in line. Dale Jr. was the best all those years. If he got a run, he took it. And that guy, epic, epic, epic mistake. And we man. would control the race, and, and if the caution comes and out. And Corey LaJoy may never get that one back. Some guys will get that back. If that had been Joy Logano, he'd get it back. If that had been Austin Dillon, he'd get it back. Chase, Corey may not ever get that opportunity. McMurray won a Talladega race because – we were we didn't take our run early enough, and we got the cosh came out off of two on the white flag. We were third in line. I thought we were gonna have a really good shot at winning it, and my heart sunk when he didn't when he didn't hang a left. My heart literally sunk. Yeah, we can thank Austin because I think we might have a an intro for the show now, and that part of the intro for that part of the show, oh, right? Yeah. He did say what an idiot over yeah, the radio. When he got he response to mine. Yeah, he was like, "What an idiot!" So that might be. We yeah, we, I mean, yeah, yeah, might have to replace that. Little girl or boy, whatever it was. Yeah. DBC picks. TJ, it was a miracle. You won with Eric Jones. I Yeah, I mean, I'm I was shocked. 10 to go. I knew it. Um. So the score <laughs> heading into the playoffs <laughs> is 13-8-7 with Freddie leading and Brett in second. Oh, we got to catch him fast. TJ, you are, of course, third. Damn. Let's make picks for Darlington. And, Brett, you're up first. Let's not forget that we get to refresh the field. So we all go back to zero, Anybody right? goes. We're, yeah. starting, we're starting the playoffs now, the so we go back to zero. Points stay. Points remain, but drivers get. You know what we should do? We should reset it, but give, like, a bonus point for every time you get the winner right. Like, Freddie would have, like, three or four because you got. Freddie would have clinched a championship if that was the case. <laughs> No, Freddie would be up. Great idea, to, TJ. I know you try to do something to get an advantage. Freddie, I'm going to go with the guy who's driving three. the offer pad Toyota this week. He's pretty damn good at Darlington. Mr. Number Invaler himself, Denny Hamlin. I'm going to go with a guy that I have questioned his ability to do smart stuff on the racetrack all show long, but I think he's going to have a good race this week. Tyler Reddick. TJ? Oh, boy. I'm going to roll with Martin Truex Jr. That was my other guy. I, I, we got to go big. Freddie can kind of throw some lobs up here, save some big names. I'll tell you uh, what. But I'm going to tell you something about Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, I walked up to him the morning of the Homestead race, his first championship, and I said to him, hey, man, just keep the right side clean. And he said to me, 
I'm going straight to the wall. I'm rim riding all day. And he did it, and he won the race, yeah. won the championship. So when you we talk about how crazy it was for him to be in that position at Daytona, I think he's just that freaking aggressive of a racer. And at a place like Darlington, he's a guy that can be a difference maker in the car because, we, as we said, it's not all about aero. It's a lot of different variables. And Tyler Reddick's going to be a good well, race car. What driver. I like about Tyler a lot is – just his self-deprecation like he he'll run in the fence you know he just like you said he's super aggressive and he'll make mistakes and <laughs> run it and he'll go yep i'm an idiot or you know, yeah. he's, I, what do you do i think he spun he, out leaving pit road somewhere he's like my brain just flew out the window i'm sorry <laughs> like he yeah. like that's just his personality like you said he's super aggressive but he owns it at the same time I so i do like I mean. i've worked with tyler and he's always been like that and, you know he he tried to high side one time in the truck and i was like what are you doing there He's like, ah, just being an idiot. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know how to answer to that, but okay. So I do like Tyler a lot. So before we close out the show, I know with the announcement of Kurt going to 2311, which Freddie, obviously one of your favorite drivers now, there were a ton of tweets asking who Kurt's father was and a ton of people tweeting that Brett should be full-time. And I'm not sure if uh, Freddie and Brett should make a really great combo Could you when it imagine comes to this. Brett and Kurt working with each other? No. Not 10 years ago. I think Kurt now's chill. Yeah. I think Kurt uh, now's way more chill. So ah, a any, little bit. I still think you would. Uh, rumors yeah. we want to squash here? Any? Um, well, Kurt has already said some of the stuff that's going to happen. Kurt, think, Kurt said it. Yeah. Well, Kurt's spotter now, Tyler Green, is not going to be spotting for Kurt next year. Um, he's got his own stuff going on. I think that I think Kurt announced that Tyler was spotting for Harrison Burton next year yep. at the twenty one car. So remember that video segment a few weeks ago where I said Tyler Green held the key to silly season for spotters. Voila. Yeah. Um, so there's there's I don't know, there's a handful of guys, three or four guys that there's a pretty big wrench thrown in that plan <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks ago as well. Um so there's uh you know, there's some guys that have reached out to Kurt that I know Kurt's been talking to that are that have guys a couple guys he's worked with before, a couple guys he hasn't. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens here going forward. But uh it's just I think it's just a great addition to our team. It's gonna help Bubba. It's been a long time since Bubba you know, we've worked with the RCR guys out of our shop, you know, last couple of years. We work obviously with the JGR guys this year, but now to have an in house teammate, a yeah. champion, somebody like Kurt, it's only gonna help Bubba. What's gonna help as well? Is having Kurt next year and having practice. Yeah. If if those two, if Bubba can lean on Kurt, which I would if I was Bubba a lot, because Kurt's pretty damn good. And if if you know Kurt's a smart race car driver, and if he can get them pointed in the right direction, it's I think it's a uh, once Tyler once Tyler committed to spotting for Harrison, which when we made that video, that commitment was already in place. Um, that started the dominoes, and obviously TJ now is a part of the dominoes, or he was. Uh, he's now solidified with what he's doing and which driver he's doing with. We all know he's going to Roush. We all know he's going to Roush. We all know he's I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but, this, might, the, but this might still be opens. With Brett part-time. But, but, but Kurt Busch is a guy that people want to spot for. You know, look, there are two kinds of spotters up there. Spotters that are really good at what they do and spotters that want to spot so they can be a spotter uh, because they're a race fan. And if you're a race fan and you just want to spot because you love racing, you're probably not as good as the guys that truly have mastered the craft of spotting. But speaking of spotting, where are you guys spotting from this weekend at Darlington? Because I've heard it was the roof, and then I heard a rumbling as I was leaving the race yesterday that you guys may be the top row of that grandstand at start finish. And if so, that is going to be a nightmare. No, it'll it it has to be the roof because we were they put us there last year and they had to move us or the first race this year and they had to move us because it was unsafe. So it, if it's not the roof, I would be it won't be where they it won't be the start finish line top row. You can't. I have reached be there. out. I have reached out already, and the answer I got this morning 
was uh, turn four grandstands. No, I'm just kidding. We're on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would be the turn that, four grandstands is way better than where we were at start finish. Line. The name of that grandstand is a David Pearson grandstand. The top row of there actually would be a hell of a lot better than anywhere you could be at that racetrack because it's yeah. awesome. But the second best option is that roof, and that's a weird that's a weird roof. But the top of the grandstands, like you guys said, coming off of four with fans standing standing up in their seats, it's hard enough where we're at right now. Off you of can't four. see it. It's, it I would mean, be it would literally be dangerous. Yeah. Speaking of spotters. Nope. Before we end the show, uh, shout out Derek Nealon. Uh, qualified the for the Oxford 250 yesterday. I think he had a kind of up and down race. I heard he got turned around or something in the race. Doug Call Campbell. Spotter. Doug Campbell probably cleared him. Uh, Doug flew up there with Derek to spot for him. Uh, so I don't know. I think they ended up in the top 20 somewhere, 19th or something like that, maybe. But uh, good for them. And shout out to my buddy Scott Tapley, who uh, is a good friend of mine from back up north. He won the race with Cassius Clark. So uh, that's all. That's a big event. I'd love to go. That's another bucket list one for me. One year, once once I'm done with this stuff. But awesome event. Shout out to Scott. Congrats to him. He kind of feeds me some info for this show every once in a while. So he'll be uh, he'll be pretty pumped about it. But I know it's been a bucket list for him for a long time. So just congrats to him. Short track racing. You know I love it. Well, thank you as always, everyone, for listening. And uh, be sure to have a great week. Enjoy Darlington. Should be hot. What College are you doing football. this weekend? What are you doing this weekend, Casey? <laughs> it's Chloe's first birthday, so, oh, so fun. Hey. Oh. What are you gonna get her, her before Chad goes racing get her. again? Cake gonna be out of the damn floor. Cake, cake everywhere. There will be a cake smash. We tested it out. We went to Red Rocks on Friday. Thank you, Ron. And I'm sorry, Ron. Uh, I left such a mess. And actually, we cleaned up. I. I should have taken the picture. I should. Have. Can you I see bet, the menu I right bet now? You're now mentally conscious of this big mess that you've been leaving everywhere for the I past am. eleven months, and now you're going to fix it. I like that. It's I weird. Am, I went I there am. and I saw the menu. So like Casey boats dirty floor or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Happy birthday to Chloe! Congratulations. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully you got a you know a little brother or sister coming soon, right? That is not happening. I, yeah, I but you also said that guarantee. before. You also said that. Sitting in that exact seat in that exact spot before you even got pregnant with the first one. Yeah. We'll explain how it happens after. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. We out. Holla. Word. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.